Welcome to Green City, a podcast focused on sustainability. I'm your host, Lene Marty Henson. We invite you to listen in on our conversations for positive change. It is my hope that we can all come away with something that resonates within our own lives and inspires us to action within our own communities. Let's start where we are and find ways to work together to create more connected, more vibrant, and indeed more sustainable communities. Join us each week as we learn from each other. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Mike Armstrong, Director of Planning and Communications for the Street Collective. In last week's show, we discussed the history and mission of the Street Collective here in Des Moines, and also about some of the programming that this amazing team provides. We had way too much information for one show, so we're doing a part two, and we've asked Mike to come back. In addition to highlighting more of the programs offered by the Street Collective, we want to get into a discussion of policy at the local, state, and federal levels. So welcome back, Mike. Thanks for doing a take two. Happy to be back. For those of you who may have missed last week's show, I'm I'm asking Mike if he can give the elevator speech on what the uh, Street Collective is here in Des Moines. The Street Collective is a regional community-based nonprofit here in Greater Des Moines. Our mission, our objective is to get more people walking, biking, and riding transit and able to do so safely and comfortably. So we do, you know, sort of direct service programs of bike giveaways and that kind of thing. We do education, classes, workshops, um, and we do sort of policy writing and planning work with different cities in the region um, and other governmental levels to try to make sure that, you know, we have sidewalks where we need to walk and we have bicycle facilities for people biking and you know, that our transit network connects people to where they need to go. Very good. So I'm going to let you take the lead today because you've done a lot of research and and you're going to kind of take us through some of the policy and things that are happening right now and how it relates to what you do. So I'm going to let you take it away. Absolutely. I'm happy to walk through some of this. Um, I'm going to stay close to the basics Um, The Street Collective, we do work pretty locally. We don't get involved with state and federal politics as much, but we partner with others. And it's important for us and our, you know, community members and community champions um, to stay abreast of what's happening at the larger scales because it all kind of affects what we do. So at the moment, um, at the federal level, they're negotiating a infrastructure deal. Um, it looks to be about $1.2 trillion um, with about $500 billion in new spending. So this is transportation. This is also water, power, broadband. You know, a lot of the kind of underlying infrastructure that keeps places moving and working. Um, Every five years, the federal government goes through a reauthorization process for surface transportation, which is kind of their term for, um, you know, walking, biking, transit, 
roads, bridges, um, rails, all of those sort of pieces together, just not anything aviation based, right? Um, so this does come up every five years, but that's a decent chunk of time for at the political level. So this is um, generally a pretty big negotiation and debate every time it comes up. And sometimes they just continue what they had before. Um, and sometimes they write it over brand new. So the last couple, you know, the FAST Act was one of the most recent authorizations. Um, I don't know what fancy name the new one's going to get. They're still looking at it. Um, but. So can I ask really quickly? Because I'm learning. Mm -hmm. This is great. Um, so is this the year that this normally would have come up anyway? Or did this come up because the new it was a priority for the new administration? Um, I believe this is one where we had done a couple of continuing resolutions. Like it was due. Okay, gotcha. Um, but it does tend to move around a little bit within the, those years as people position and as these debates continue on until they reach some sort of agreement. Right. Um, and, you know, as we said, the top $1.2 trillion. So, you know, this is not something that anyone's rushing through um, and does require a ton of back and forth. Right. Um, so I've seen the fact sheet for the most recent um, infrastructure deal. And at this stage, um, it's focused a lot about how we pay for things rather than what we are paying for. Um, so it's great to see that um, public transit is looking at $49 billion. Um, but to give some indication, like there's a category that just says safety and that's $11 billion what that can be spent on or like what they mean by safety has such a broad definition that hasn't been clarified yet that like, yes, we see some details, but there's still a lot more uh, hammering out to do on these. Um, and another and so question. I'm, I'm going to keep yeah. interrupting you. Sorry. Um, do. Um, so is a lot of it, left to the local level or does it get pretty specific at the federal level? It depends. So one of the big conversations I've heard this year, um, and I haven't seen like where it's gonna end up, um, is the idea of bringing back earmarks. So having projects that are sort of bookmarked in the budget of money is definitely going to these things rather than sort of the other most common mechanism is a funding formula of either like it's competitive scoring or it has to meet these criteria to be eligible. Um, but yeah, with the potential return of earmarks, that means there's a lot of state and local advocacy at the federal level to try to get priority projects in. Um, and then, of course, there's a lot of room for whose priorities and how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So we still have a lot of questions about what this looks like. Um, you know, it looks like the funding proposal is mostly made up of short-term solutions. Um, so 
for the longest time, we had the Highway Trust Fund. Um, and that was basically where sort of user fees and specific taxes like gas tax revenue went into that fund. And then that fund paid for our transportation bills. Mm-hmm. Um, that Highway Trust Fund went bankrupt in 2008. And so now it is typically money just coming from um, general funds rather than transportation specific. Um, and this has created a very different environment that still hasn't been fully grappled with. You know, there's less money available in order to spend money. You have to look at where that money's coming from and what other cuts you can make. Um, so that's where a lot of this comes down to. Um, it doesn't look like a gas tax increase is going to be part of this. Um, there's been some conversation about indexing the gas tax. So um, largely like gas taxes haven't changed in 10, 15 years, and it's not tied to inflation. Um, and when you add on to that, that cars are becoming more fuel efficient, we're getting less purchasing power with those taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still have the same, you know, infrastructure needs, you know, same amount of road, pavement, bridges that are getting older. Um, so it's a difficult environment for a lot of this. Um, we've seen sort of the priorities, like the, the narrative all sounds very positive, but um, we're still looking, we're still questioning, you know, what projects will rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Climate change is a huge, huge issue and requires a massive pivot in how we spend our money. And it's not clear yet of like, um, all right, it's great that we are, you know, maybe putting $49 billion into public transit. Um, we have $109 billion going to roads and bridges. And if a lot of those road projects are expanding roadways or building new roadways, that kind of cancels out a lot of the benefits we'd get from public transit. Right. Um, so we still, we're still waiting to see how that rolls out. Um, and of course, this affects how much funding is available for the state of Iowa mm-hmm. and how that's fed down to the local level. So... The Des Moines area MPO, Metropolitan Planning Organization, they're sort of our regional transportation agency, and they disperse a lot of our federal funds for transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they typically get maybe 14 million a year, but if the transportation authorization has less money, that money is cut down. If the federal government um, provides new directives on how that money should be spent. That changes how we, what projects we fund locally. So if they say, you know, you have to spend on fixing things first rather than building new, um, that immediately knocks certain projects out of the queue and raises some others up. Well, Um, and, and you may be getting to this, but you know, of course, under the sustainability realm and all the talk of the green infrastructure and Buttigieg saying, we're not gonna look at this the way we have in the past. We need to rethink infrastructure. The two things top of mind for me are, 
will we ever get that passenger train from Chicago to Omaha through Des Moines? And will we ever expand our electric vehicle grid? Those are two things that are very much transportation issues that, that I would hope there might be some pressure coming from the federal level because I don't see a lot of push for that at the state level. Absolutely. And the, there are some statewide groups working on that, especially around electric vehicles. And it looks like seven and a half billion towards electric vehicles and another seven and a half towards electric buses and transit. Um, so there are sort of line items there. Again, there's zero details about where and how that's going to be spent. Yeah, um, yeah electric vehicle infrastructure um, is sort of a missing piece to making that more common. Um, and yeah, it's, it's difficult to tell. There's, you know, what we've heard from Buttigieg um, there's a lot of promise there. It seems like he understands a lot of the changing dynamics of transportation and what our needs are. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a sort of fund set aside for reconnecting communities. If that goes the way that we would really hope, maybe that means tearing out old um, sort of overbuilt highways and stitching back together communities with more local transportation, but without the details, we can't say yet. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, it was someone who has, whose parents live in Northwest Iowa, where I grew up to visit down here. The only option truly is car. I mean, connecting in a state that's more rural, like Iowa, car is really the only viable option for getting around if you're not in an urban area. And will that ever be changed? Yeah, and some of that is what we talked about last time, right, of education and programming and advocacy, but that's, that's a small part of it. Yeah. You know, no matter how much we encourage people or create incentives, if we then turn around and then build, you know, just double the size of our road anytime there's congestion, uh, you know, that's, that's a bit insurmountable in a way, right? Because it, if driving on your own is always going to be the fastest, most convenient, easiest way to get around, um, and by far the most subsidized, it's a, it's a tough ask for anybody. You know, it has to be purely sort of personal value space to make that choice then, um, or sort of an economic imperative. Yeah. Versus we want the green sustainable options to be the most convenient, the most affordable. So that like, we're not telling people like, hey, you have to, ride transit or you have to bike or anything like that. It's just a good and easy option that you can choose if you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we do get focused on the fast and easy and convenient versus, yeah. Right. Bus routes throughout the state, 
wouldn't be the fastest way to get around, but they might be a good option for someone who isn't comfortable driving or can't drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We know that um, people outlive their ability to drive by an average of seven to 10 years. And then Then all of that independence that you've been promised your whole life when you got your driver's license, like it's gone suddenly. Yeah. Um, And so we have people who continue to drive in dangerous situations because they don't want to lose that sense. Um, Whereas we have to find a healthier, safer option where you can still keep your independent life. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's some of the funding side of things. The other side is the policy side of things. Um, So some of this is debated at the national level, but policy often comes closer to home. So the language we focused on for the last 10 or so years was uh, complete streets. Mm-hmm. So Des Moines was actually one of the first um, to adopt a complete streets policy back in 2008. Um, did well then, but it didn't get updated for a long time. Um, a few years ago, the MPO made a big push to get different communities to adopt complete streets policies and then get Des Moines to update them. And this policy is very design based. Um, So when we talk about it, we're talking about any street that we're working on, we wanna make sure that there is a convenient, safe network for all modes of transportation. So that doesn't mean that every single street has to have buses on it, but that if you're using a bus, you can get to everywhere that you wanna go. And so when we're redesigning University Avenue, we need to be able to accommodate the different transportation modes there. So we need to make sure that there are wide, safe sidewalks on each side, um, but also that there are safe crossings across the street. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where a lot of sort of bike lanes came in too in the early days is you can't say that Uh, oh, nobody wants to bike when there's nothing there for people. You know, that's like saying that, oh, nobody wants to cross this river because I don't see anybody swim in the river. Like if you're going (laughs) to choose a bridge or if you're going to build a bridge, you need to find a better metric for that. Right. Um, The if you build it, they will come philosophy. huh? Yeah. And then the other one that you may start hearing more about is Vision Zero. Um, This started in, um, I believe, Sweden, but definitely the Scandinavian countries were sort of the first ones in on it. Um, And then it spread throughout, and that's much more outcome-based, where they're saying that our underlying goal for everything we do in transportation is to get to zero fatalities. So there's a lot of pushback of like, that's not possible. Um, Sweden has come pretty, pretty close. Um, And part of the purpose of having that outcome-based rethink of like, how do we talk about transportation is 
we have to make some pretty significant changes to the status quo to do that. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about design or we're talking about policies or education or you know enforcement, the different things that we talk about, our goal is always zero fatalities. Um, and I think we'll start to see that term vision zero come up more and more in Iowa and in greater Des Moines in the years to come. Very good, yeah. So what can our listeners do to encourage more positive policy and legislation to support complete streets? Yeah, so we have two big pieces that we're working on right now. Um, One is more the policy and process side and the other is budget side. So first, at every stage, we want to institutionalize good choices. So when staff is like, hey, this road needs to be rebuilt, we want the default process, the path of least resistance to lead to sustainable positive outcomes um, rather than the way it's been, which is often like the path that leads to the least amount of congestion um, and just sort of redefining what our goal is there. So we should be looking at safety first. We should be looking at sustainability first so that when it comes time to council meetings or public meetings, um, sort of the burden of proof is on why we should do something less safe or less sustainable rather than asking people to show up to those meetings to say, hey, it would be great if you followed Move DSM and created a design that is safe for people walking. Yeah. Um, so that's one side that's that's part of what we work on. Um, Move DSM is a fantastic transportation plan. And if there is a project that happens in your neighborhood or one that you're interested in, that's always a great place to start is asking staff or your city council member be like, hey, does this follow Move DSM? If not, why not? Okay, that's good. So people can like Google that. Yes. So Des Moines has a, on their city website, under the engineering department, um, they have a project map of every single planned project right now. So you can just zoom in on your neighborhood and click around and find out what projects are coming up in the next year, three years, five years. Um, So you can start to learn more about those. Okay. And we've got like a minute, a minute left. So Again, we're- All right. The other important thing we're working on is um, changing our city budget around sidewalk infill. So we have a lot of gaps where the sidewalk just ends. Um, we have a plan to fill those within 20 years. 20 years is too long to fill in sidewalks around schools, around businesses, around homes. So we want to accelerate that within our budget um, so that we get that done within 10 years. And that's one we will have a press conference about at the end of this week. Uh, You'll see a lot more news about it coming up and we greatly encourage people to support 
you know, reach out to council members, um, say that this is a top priority and something that we need to see happen. And even with elections coming up, I would imagine ask those questions to see if the the possible can the candidates are supportive of things like this. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, very good. Again, this time went really fast, Mike, and you're a wealth of information. I've learned so much and I'm taking so many notes here um, that we'll definitely have you back when we, you know, in a certain amount of time and see how we're doing. But um, any final words of wisdom for our listeners today? Oh, I didn't plan ahead for this one. Um, <laughs> final words of wisdom. Uh, look at those projects. It's, it's amazing what's happening in our neighborhoods that we may not be aware of. These are decisions that are going to affect your everyday. Um, so look into those projects and do not never be afraid to speak up and ask questions of why is this happening? Why is there no sidewalk? Or, you know, if it's something that looks great, feel free to tell them that too. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you so much for making time to come on twice. Um, again, to our listeners, check out yourgreenportal.com. You can hear the podcasts of these shows and also see the blog. And tune in next week. We continue this transportation conversation. Until then, stay healthy, stay engaged, and thanks for listening. That's all for this edition of Green City. I'm Lene Marty Henson, and I hope you continue to listen in on these conversations focused on the broad realm of sustainability. I truly believe that we go further faster when we come together to have real dialogue, inspiring us toward practical solutions. Let's continue to learn from each other how best to nurture this precious planet we call home. Thanks for listening. We are truly grateful.